Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. This episode is sponsored by Hell's Backbone Ranch and Trail. You can check them out on their website at bouldermountaintrails.com. We're grateful to have them as a sponsor. And if you or anybody you know is interested in sponsoring, feel free to send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, let's dive right into today's episode. Today is part two of my interview with Dwight Williams. When you think back through your life ranching, are there any favorite memories that stand out to you? Not really. I. It was work, and uh, but I kind of enjoyed it, so I didn't complain. I'm sure I complained, but not too much <laughs> yeah. about, about the work that we'd have to do. The the. One part that I didn't like about air ranching was when we put up our alfalfa hay. <clears throat> they, we had what we called a hay wagon, it was a flatbed, and then it had a tee up here that the uh, and the horses pulled it, and the lines would be tied to this tee up here, and then we'd have hay pitchers. One on each side of the wagon, we'd hire them, and those hay pitchers would like to cover you, you know, with hay if they could, or if they found a snake, throw a snake <laughs> up there. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember tromping hay quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, tromp the hay. <laughs> we raised uh, at that time. We also, at our fish creek place, we put up a, quite a lot of what we call grass hay instead of this alfalfa. And that was very hard stuff to haul. It was the slick. At the time you get it to the yard, you usually lose half the load. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd have to go back have and do it again. Have to go back and pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our... Stackyard, we had to go up a little old rocky ridge right there to that stackyard, and that's where we'd always lose the hay going up that <laughs> hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So things have changed nowadays. Now we have balers and 
big round bales of hay, even quit the little bales, don't have to throw them anymore. <laughs> it's all machinery work now. Yeah. Yeah. We've got it pretty good now, huh? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot easier on the former now than it was when I was young. <laughs> yeah. And now they have sprinkling systems. They used to have open-ditch irrigation and had to tend it all night long, you know. So you'd sleep on the ditch bank and turn your water when that run through that patch of hay, then you'd move it down and and, uh, water again. So then they got uh, uh, building overnight ponds and then at night, they'd store the water instead of irrigate with it, and then in the morning, <laughs> they'd turn it loose again. So that helped. But that night, irrigating was something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where would you say the coolest place you've ever been horseback is? The neatest place? Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. I've been a lot of places I like I like to ride, but probably the one that uh, was the most spectacular was Blind Lake, riding into Blind Lake on the boulder up here. Blind Lake. Blind Lake. It, it's the biggest lake on the boulder, on this side of the boulder. It, it's a big lake, and uh, you just come on to it all at once. It's just in a hole, and you're just there. You're there, you're there. That's and cool. so, yeah, I remember little Joe Hickman. He was a daredevil horseman. Oh, he broke a lot of her horses for us, but he was a daredevil. I remember he jumped his horse into Blind Lake and grabbed its tail and made it swim across that lake. <laughs> 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 Oh, and he made it. Yeah, he made it. Oh, <laughs> old Joe was quite a horseman and a daredevil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But we had a little horse called Shorty that ever all of us liked to ride. He was a nice little horse, and one of my brothers uh, was riding him one evening, coming from our place at Fish Creek. And it was getting dark, and uh, oh, uh, I think we named him in a minute. Well, anyway, he, he ran the sawmill down there by Fish Creek, and he had a load of logs on, and was coming up the road, and got right by that horse, and that little horse kicked, and uh, hit the tar, and uh, run over him, and broke his leg. We had to kill him. Uh-huh. That was a sad day. And lost little shorty. Yeah. Did you raise him? Yes, we raised him. We used to have a... My brother had a Hamiltonian stallion that he used to keep around, and we raised a few colts from that Hamiltonian. But the whole... Nobody liked the Hamiltonian, though. He, he wasn't a good horse for <laughs> for this country. But we still had him. <laughs> Do you guys still raise some horses? 
a few, but not. Um, we never have raised all that we use, but we have always had a mare or two that we use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last old mare that I used to ride and liked so went blind just what a year ago, and you had to shoot her, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I had to put her down. But some yeah. of the spectacular places when you asked him uh, just reminded me so. My dad would have been in his, he would have been 87, 88 years old and uh, down Tickaboo Canyon, so it's out on Tickaboo Mesa on our winter range. We had to put cows in there. I don't think anybody had since probably the 50s or 60s. But we decided we were gonna take some cows in there and my dad went with us and uh, so from where Highway 276 is now, which didn't exist back then, but it's probably 12 or 13 miles from the highway out there. And uh, we got down in there with a bunch of cows. And it was late evening, uh, December. And uh, one of the guys that was with us, his horse flipped over. But uh, when you say spectacular places, but then when that accident happened and we were that far from anything, anything, my dad was getting after us about uh, not having our bedrolls with us. Because <laughs> <laughs> we still had to get the cows where they needed to be and then get back to the... But riding out of there in the dark, he was telling us the stories of that canyon, Tickaboo Canyon, and there's a place where we left the canyon, um, I don't know if it has a name, but there's a, a wall where a lot of the cowboys in the past have signed their, their names. That's cool. Clear back from the 30s and the yeah. 40s. Um, and the highest one on the wall, the wall is old Dunk Taylor, and he stood on the back of his horse in his saddle up and carved his name <laughs> way up there. <laughs> yeah. But he was getting after us for uh, trying to do those things in those places. You know, you don't just ride in there in a day and out. Of, mm-hmm. And they used to be a two or three day thing, and they had their bedroll and stayed, and they didn't do those things in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Did you make it out of there? That's the question. Did you have to camp? You did, with a guy with broken ribs and, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I think the sight that's still in my memory as vivid, vivid as any is we was late getting them, the cattle stored up that trail out of Tickaboo Canyon and wound right, right up the ledge there. And seeing those moonlight night and seeing them old cows are trailing up that trail in the moonlight there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool to see. <laughs> yeah. Those days are gone. I don't know how we ever lived and got through them, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have any big wrecks? Of horses or yeah. tractors or, well, my... <laughs> My neighbor, I'll tell you this story, he had a wreck on his tractor. He was no uh, former Forsyth, and he'd never owned a car or anything, but he, built, he bought him a 
John Deere tractor. And I, he's the next neighbor to me there. And one day I heard him hollering, Whoa, you SOB, whoa, you S. <laughs> and that old tractor was putting right through the fence, and he was a holler down it, you know. <laughs> 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 oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you got to remember some wrecks or some of the stories you told us about when uh, you were capturing the wild baker cows. <laughs> well, I told you one about Ernest Peterson, didn't I, didn't I tell that there? Yeah. And kicking her in the head and killing her. Killing her. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would. <laughs> Those wild cattle would uh, leave that lowland, and in the summer they'd go up on the Henrys there. And the Henrys, on the east side, the Henrys is very rough. And so um, Baker sold to one of the fellows in our group all the cattle that was left down there. And there's a bunch of wild cows up on the Henrys there. So we decided to help him get them. <clears throat> My brother would get up above them with the dogs and give them a boo, and down the mountain they'd come, and when they hit kind of the flat country, then the, the fellows on the horses would ride in and rope them, and, and they were wild and mean. And then right, then you did a, you'd go around a t- little pine tree so the rope would keep the old cow from getting a horse, you know. And then to lead them out, we'd have to uh, throw them on their side and lay their horns and their head over a rock and then take another rock and hit the horn and pop the horn off because you couldn't drive them. They were too dangerous to them old things that took the horse. So I don't know how we ever got out with some alive, but we got... Someone took them to the Richfield auction, and I've often wondered when the fellow that bid on those old cows and <laughs> took them to his crowd what he thought he had. Because <laughs> oh, they were mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a good horse in my day was a good thing to have. Yeah. He bet. A good horse. What was the funnest thing you ever roped? Well, I was never much of a roper. I couldn't catch anything, so I don't know. I don't know that I've ever tried anything on a calf or a cow, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, i trying to think of that question there, but I can't remember... <laughs> Never roping much of anything, only a cow, you know, mm-hmm. a calf. Yeah, I didn't rope any lions or any <laughs> antelope or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. When you said a good horse, he does still to this day tell us we don't know what a good horse is anymore because we don't use them. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You could, you could uh, rope your calf on a good horse and and tie your rope to the horn, you know, mm-hmm. half hitch it, and then get off and tell your horse to back up, and you could throw the calf and tell him to back up and hold it, and he'd back up, and you could 
talk to your horse and he'd do what you talk, told him to do. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some good horses. Did you raise most of your good ones? No, most of them I'd bought. Yeah. What would you look for when you were buying your horses? Well, in those days, I was young. If it was a pretty horse, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I remember one mare that I had called Old Hope, and uh, she had, uh, in my mind, uh, a tradition, if you wanted to get over the country fast, you got on hope. <laughs> She'd put you over the country <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd have one, like, friendly that, if you were doing quail work, you'd get on friendly, because she was, well, you might say, uh, not never got excited. She'd just do her work. <laughs> yeah. Friendly. In your opinion, are cowboys as good today as they were back in the day? A cowboy now? No, they don't know how to drive a herd of cows now. <laughs> They'd lose half of them. <laughs> yeah. We, we would even have to night herd their cattle, you know. Now I don't believe a cowboy even knows how to night herd. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, night herd. Take shifts. One fellow would take a from six o'clock till midnight and then it'd change and the other one would go from midnight till morning. Night herd we'd call it. Would you work would you when it was time to wean the calves, would you wean the calves in a krill or would you hold them all in a bunch and cut out? No, we'd usually Put them in a krill. Uh, we had krills around the range, yeah, a canyon fenced off or some little cove fenced off. Or, but most of the time when we weaned our calves, we'd have them here at home and before we'd take them to the winter range and then we'd wean our calves before we took the cow to the winter range. Weaning time, Teasdale used to be quite a what shall I say? A place you didn't sleep very well at night. The cows <laughs> were bawling too much. <laughs> but those were good old days. In your words, how would you define the word cowboy? Define a cowboy? I define a cowboy as one that uh, knew how to manage in a cow herd without just yipping and yelling and roping and a cowboy to me is someone that knew how to manage a cow <laughs> not the ones you see in the rodeos <laughs> yeah. yeah I've seen quite a few roundups we, we used to run on the had a premier around on the east side of the boulder we called it that wild catting around towards boulder and so we'd have roundups around there, and the fellows that lived in Boulder, there's a place there called Roundup Flat, and it's over on the south part of our allotment mainly, and uh, 
We'd round up the cattle there, and the Boulder fellows would cut their cattle out and take them, and we'd bring ours back this way. So it's still called Roundup Flat. Didn't have any crowds. We just round them up in the... It's quite a basin in there, and we just round them up and cut ours back this way and send the bolder ones the other way. Yeah. <laughs> what advice do you have to the future generations of ranchers? <laughs> well, I guess it, if you like ranching, do it. If you don't like ranching, stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because ranching is hard business, but it's enjoyable because you can usually schedule your work to do it when you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I've asked all the questions that I was meaning to, but please feel free to share anything (laughs) else if there's anything else you'd like to share. Well... I'd have to think. (laughs) But that's all I've known is ranching. Like I said before, my father had a stroke and couldn't handle the outfit, so my older brother, my two older brothers kind of took over, and and now I'd go with them and with the cattle. But now our... Our ranching operation now is so different than what it used to be that no no similarity at all, hardly, other than gathering them. Yeah. Go down to Tickaboo and in that country to winter, and we just used to winter at the haystack and in the country nearby us, and then, then we've got going down to Tickaboo bought out Baker's outfit and went down to Tickaboo. And it was different altogether. And now we load them on trucks. Yeah. And follow them down there. And follow <laughs> them back in a truck instead of... Used to take us 15 days in the spring to come out of there with the little calves. Now it's two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Things have changed. Where the lake is there, Bullfrog, right there where the marina's at, there's a deep canyon. Bullfrog Canyon comes down through there. And it's deep right there. And that was the best cool water spring that in the whole country there. there. Really? A little spring of cool, clear water came out of that <laughs> canyon right there, and you could drink it. Most of that water you couldn't drink. You didn't, uh, it was too alkaline, so you didn't dare drink it. But that was one, one place you could always get a cool drink of water. <laughs> yeah. When they built the dam and the lake started filling in, were all of the ranchers on board with that? Or was that something that was kind of fun? No, I, I think they didn't agree with that because it took their livelihood. 
And a lot of the ranchers just had to quit because they covered their range, and so they had to quit. No. Were there other ranches like down below Halls Creek? That oh yes, down, down the river there were ranches uh, uh, along the river. I like uh, if I could think of the place, but the, yeah, there were ranches down along the river there. Yeah. So I guess one thing you didn't know with your history is your dad started ranching over on the Escalante River, right? Yeah, yeah, he came in. Uh, the Coleman's well, Brigham Young uh, sent my father and family down there to settle Escalante, and uh, so that's when they started. They took their herd of cattle and started the ranch down in that area. And so that's how we got down here in southern Utah. Was Brigham sent them down here to ranch? Okay. Yeah. Did they ranch along the river, or do you know where they were? Well, in Ascalani at that time, uh, I don't think a lot of people went down to the river. And what gets me is, in my mind, why the people in Ascalani, when they were called to, to uh, settle Blanding in that country, went down there and blasted that trail off into... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Colorado, when they could just went a little farther over there and went right down the gulch. Nothing to it. And they spent six months of blasting a down road down to the river right there. That's always bothered me. I can't figure why they did that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess someone had a dream. That's the way the road should go for that. They were bound to make it go that way. <laughs> yeah. But that, all of the area from, you might say, Wayne County right here. Well, the upper end of Wayne County was just barren, wild country. Yeah. Even in my day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But your day goes back a long ways. <laughs> Quite a few years. That's what I was going to say with, um, like, between my dad being from his generation as young as he was in his family, and then, like, with me, I'm the youngest. Oh, really? My siblings, but, and then he didn't start a family till later, so I think it's pretty rare that, um, <laughs> So I'm fourth generation, but I my dad was born in the 20s. And my son that started into the business, my dad's still around, so, you know, born in almost 1999. Of that, that gap of how things have changed, but there's still somebody here that was alive, you know, yeah. during the Depression, during the... yeah. Those days is a rare thing to not just something on tape or but it's the live you know to get him out around the campfire or whatever and hear those you know, there's, there's not um, a lot of that that happens 
So. Yeah. Yeah, now when they go camping, they go in style, don't they? <laughs> when I went camping, it was the old pack horse. And <laughs> most of the pack horse had to pack oats for the other horses. And so you didn't have a lot of variety of food stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to have those... Um, Oatmeal, did you ever remember buying oatmeal in those uh, round cans? Uh -uh. The oatmeal used <laughs> to come in those round cans, they were about that high and maybe that big round. And so we'd wrap our eggs in uh, paper and stuff them in that uh, can and then put them in and hope they didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't. We didn't have a sardo jug in the cow camp till later years. It was just what we called, uh, oh, well, what kind of biscuits? Vanilla wafers. Mm. We called them vanilla wafers. <laughs> and all they were was a little bit of flour and salt and water mixed up and fried, you know. <laughs> So we always like to have a, I always like to get to a sheep camp and they had the uh, canned preserves and have some of that. Yeah. And that was a treat to get to sheep <laughs> camp and have a flapjack and a spread with that preserves. <laughs> <laughs> and he can still to this day when we go to the desert um he can show you where all the sheep camps were. Really? <laughs> you know, one of the, I mean, there's, there's still the remnants of the tin cans and the whatever, but like yeah. you said, they knew because that's where they'd go to get something a little better yeah. to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was quite a life, a sheep herder's life. But it was one of the few paying jobs that paid cash, you know. And so the old sheep herder, he'd hire out about $30 a month, a dollar a day, and board. They they boarded him. Board the canvas tent? <laughs> they they give him the canvas tent and his board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all the mutton they could eat. Of course, they couldn't stop him from that. He, he was out there at the sheep herd. He could eat what mutton he wanted. <laughs> and then the supply wagon, they called it, would go about once a month, and they had tin granaries stationed down through that country, uh, like on Big Thompson and Little Thompson and Dripping Rock and different places. They'd have these tin granaries, and then the owner of the sheep, he'd take supplies every month and put in those tin granaries, and then if the herd was way out, why, the, there were two people with the herd, a herder that herded the sheep, and a sheep, and a camp mover. And so the camp mover would bring the uh, mules and come into the tin granaries and get their supplies and go back out. Yeah. 
because there wasn't road, there weren't any roads everywhere down there in my first days down there. It's just trails. One road went on Big Thompson and one on Little Thompson that they could get a vehicle to, and so they, those tin grainers were always there, one at Dripping Rock. I know you don't know those places, but to mm-hmm. me they're <laughs> places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're at the Dripping Rock. It was uh, must have been a chipping ground for the Indians. My then there was it, the water dripped out under the ledge right there, good water, but on top on the it was just sandstone, and all over that sandstone was just chips of of uh, agate, you know, Gosh. and stuff that they would chipped. Somebody though came along and gathered all that stuff up. Really. Anyway, that was that was wild country in my early days. I guess it still is. Only now there's a road that goes down through it. <laughs> only now it's not quite as wild. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, we used to have to where the um, old bullfrog marina is right there. That. You went right down off the asking any bench there to that uh, where the marina is, and then it was a kind of a valley all the way across there to Holes Creek over to the ledge. That's the way we went to the ranches across that bullfrog there where the lake is now, and to the ranch. (laughs) So it's changed. They had an old what they call the uh, well keep things keep leaving my mind anyway dredge it was on the Colorado River down between uh, what now is Bullfrog and Halls Creek and that old dredge they, they would scoop the gravel up off the river bars and then run it through screens and pan for the gold out of it. Cool. And so that old dredge used to sit down there on that river bore. I remember riding by there and seeing the old dredge and one old fellow uh, that invested in it said he put $5,000 into that and all he got out of it was enough boards to boil him and a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that was a massive machine. It sat there in that river. It was big. Now they they had the coal mine to steam to run it up on the Henrys right there, and they'd haul that coal down from the Henrys and uh, to that dredge, and where it went off into the river. They'd lower their wagons with cables, and those old cables had cut uh, deep grooves right down through the sandstone where they'd layered, lowered their wagons, you know, down with the coal to run that old dredge. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Now all those things are covered up. <laughs> when you say covered up, I had the opportunity two years ago, not the lakes down 
So I went into Hall's Creek to the old the ranch site. Now that it's not underwater, yeah, there's still the the foundations of some of the buildings, but um, though the wagon frame that um, I know the name of the guy in town, Dad, that you borrowed the wagon to. Yeah. <laughs> but thinking about where um, the Gulch Halls Creek is now, and now it's wilderness, and from either from the Bird Trail or from, well, both ends of the Bird Trail, from the post, it's like 18 miles down there. Wow. But at the time, I mean, it, it was available, they could take wagons down there. But you go there today, and it's, uh, I mean, you're lucky to get a, you know, a horse in there. Not lucky, really? but it's not. There was an actual road into the ranch. That, that, that old uh, wagon. That old wagon, uh, Sam Adams, when the uranium boom hit, you know, this country, then Sam Adams, we loaned him the wagon, and he took his camp on the old wagon and the horses and went down there and parked the wagon there, and then he prospected, but he never did pull the old wagon back out, so it's still there. So did it get covered by the lake, and now that the lake is down, you can see it? Well, where the wagon frame is, is not where the lake got to. Oh. It's a little bit north of where the lake ended, but it's still there. That's My cool. took me to there, and somebody had um, stood it up against one of the big cottonwood trees and got it out of the dirt, but his story's about the wagon, so I don't know how many years ago, but it's... Oh, it's golly. That was a long time ago. That's way That's cool. when they had, that's when they used wagons and teams of horses. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> Those were quite the days. But they were good days. I don't, I don't feel that I was deprived of anything. It seemed to me like we had about what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one spring we came out and there's a pond of water on the trail and I remember everybody shed their clothes and jumped in and <laughs> my brother Dial, he jumped in but he had his gloves on. <laughs> so, yeah, he couldn't stand eating venison or anything unless he had his gloves on he couldn't stand that stuff so he wore his gloves ever above all, all the time but i remember him jumping in that pond of water with his gloves on <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i don't want to take up your whole night but well it's been good to reminisce yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, when I go home, I'll remember something I should have told you. <laughs> that always happens. If only there were a way to remember yeah. everything. <laughs> Thank you so much for visiting with me. Well, I enjoy reminiscing. That concludes part two of my interview with Dwight Williams. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and a review. Also, stay tuned for a new episode coming out in two weeks. Thank you.